What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, Caviar Dreamers. I'm Margaret Josephs. And I'm Lexi Buffuto. And every week we are bringing you entrepreneur real stories from leaders, disruptors, change makers, and risk takers. We may not be serious, but we seriously mean business. Here we are. It is Wednesday. It is March 1st, and it is the first day of Women's History Month. I mean, I can't believe it's March 1st already, but I'm so happy it's Women's History Month because so many women have not been recognized. And we are here to tell you about some amazing women because, Lexi, what did Eleanor Roosevelt say? Well-behaved women seldom make history. That's right. And you know what? It's been true through the ages. And I just want to point out something about Eleanor Roosevelt besides that amazing quote. She was so amazing as the wife of, you know, Teddy Roosevelt, our president. She went on to work in the U.N. after he was no longer president. And everybody, what do they comment about her looks? Because, you know, physically people thought she wasn't attractive and they would always comment about that. And meanwhile, she did so many great things for our country and she never got the right amount of accolades. And I'm a little bit sick of it because women are always the first thing people comment about is their physical attractiveness, that they're not recognized for their brain, about their accomplishments. The first thing people notice about a woman is what do they look like? And I'm, I'm sick of that crap. It's true. And I was telling you this morning, I'm not overly educated on Eleanor Roosevelt, as I did not grow up here in the good old United States of America. I am imported. You are so, an import from the UK. So I brought notes today because I wanted to make sure that in this episode that we really represented what is going on. And I have some stats. I have some notes because historically women have been dealt a rough deal. And I know that the buzzword on the street is female empowerment, women's empowerment. There's, you know, Beyonce just became a Grammy winner for winning the most Grammys ever of all time, which is amazing fabulous achievement. But we have so much further to go. It's true. It's absolutely true. And women, we do have some interesting stats here. And by the way, we are not anti-men because I adore men. And I think men get a bad rap also. But this is Women's History Month, so we're focusing on women. Yes, absolutely. And we were also raised by two misbehaving women. Yes, yes. Marge Sr., she was known misbehavior and she had bad behavior. And it's fine. You know what? Because she was an amazing single mother. We've had issues together. And and now look at her. 
And Ingrid Cayley, known, outspoken, rule breaker, rebel from a young age and always worked really hard and gave me a good work ethic and also always told me I could do anything I want to do. That's exactly what Marge Singer did as well. And she was a single mother in the 70s, which was not common at the time. And she had no shame for it and worked very hard, gave me a big work ethic. And that's how I am very independent and confident And I think we are very blessed to be raised by these two amazing women. We are. We are very lucky. And I'm going to share with everyone some stats that, truthfully, they highlight just how lucky we are. So these are just some gender equality facts, just basic human rights. On average, women have just 75% of the same rights as men. And this is speaking globally. 75% of the rights. How is that even possible that we don't have 100% of the rights? I know. Globally. It's it's appalling. And obviously, there are some countries where there's more of a disparity, but you'll be surprised later when I tell you some stats. So one in three women will also face gender-based violence in her lifetime. That's too many. One in three women. That's 33% people, gender-based violence. How sick is that? It's too many. This is awful. There's 49 countries without laws against domestic violence. How is that even? No laws against domestic violence. All right. 149 countries. What Do, do we know what countries those are? No, I'm never Let, going to Let's them. not go there. We don't want to go there. But we have to help the women in those countries. Of course. Of course. Women, on, like, they're not Iran, protected. It's horrendous. 45 countries without legislation against sexual harassment. Not shocking. 112 countries where marital rape is not a crime. I I don't understand what's going on that we've come so far, but yet we have so far to go. It's so true. And especially in this country at the moment where our reproductive rights and our rights to our own body seem to be going backwards. Yes, I think it's important in Women's History Month that we acknowledge how far we've come, but yet how far we have to go. And also the issues in the past that have stopped women. We're going to have a little section after about women who basically their amazing inventions and ideas were stolen by men. Historical misogyny. Yes. Yes. There's a lot of women who have not gotten the accolades they should have. And that's what we're going to focus on. But before that, we're going to touch base on the fact that there are 88 countries that prevent women from working in certain jobs on the basis of their gender. Can you imagine that? No, but what kind of, Lexi, what is going on here? What countries, what jobs do we know? I'm not going to go into that because I'm going to, I have a lot of facts, so I want to skip through them all and get them to you because they're all important. Women perform 2.6 times more unpaid care and domestic work than men. Now, the reason this is so important is that when women take on paid work, the economy shift. If more women played an identical role in labor markets to that of men, We could add 26% to the global annual GDP by 2025. Now, those stats alone, you might say, all right, well, big deal. The difference is it's attitudes that stop this from happening. There's an attitude towards what's a woman's work and a man's work. Oh, let me just tell you, you know who I'm pissed off now? Who? Don Lemon. What did Don Lemon say? Don Lemon said a woman is past her prime by the age of 40. And I always liked Don Lemon up until the other day. I saw him on an interview. Someone sent it to me and I don't know what he was thinking, but he was bantering back and forth and she insulted some gentleman. We were saying there should be age limit on politicians. 
one politician's too old. And he said, well, look, women, you know, they're past their prime of 40. It's a known fact. Well, he's getting a smackdown. But again, this so that, is what but that's saying. OK to say women are past their prime at the age of 40. So why don't you just put me in the grave? But this is another point. You see, a, a man becomes more accomplished. He comes more experienced. His looks don't come into question for that. He becomes more distinguished. Yes, exactly. A woman ages. We spend a whole of everything is marketed to us on how not anti-aging and all of these things. That's unacceptable. And that someone who is so accomplished as a Don Lemon could say something like that. You know, Don Lemon, I'm not proud of you. I, I always loved you. You dressed up as Whoopi Goldberg for Halloween. I've been in Halloween parties with you. Shame on you. Yeah, I'm not happy about that either. But that's why it's so important that we do have these amazing women also like Jane Fonda, Jamie Lee Curtis, who speak up against the stereotypes around women aging, because that's it. We not only have like sexism to contend with, we have ageism to contend with, too. It, it doesn't end. It really it doesn't. It, do end. it doesn't end. And we have a, a lot to battle about. And what about you were saying earlier about men? They have the big and tall department. Yes. And what's the women's department called? Plus size. Yeah. Big and tall sounds strapping and amazing for men who are big and tall, who are larger. Well, that's it. It was always, it's always norm. a compliment. Oh, you're so tall. Oh, you're, you're so, so big. big. Women, things, women plus, plus size. size, which is, we're all about body positivity, but plus size doesn't have an attractive connotation. It doesn't. We have to change that. We want to also say today that, you know, we've had some great people on our podcast who are changing that conversation. Yes, uh, you could Katie Storino. Yep, Katie Storino's episode. You know, extra plus size, they're bringing extra as extra as fuck. And yes, I love that. And I love it. And and that and that's great. And that's so important. But it is true. The men get away big and tall always. Oh, the big and tall shop. Yeah. Whereas we have to fight for inclusivity and to make sizing for all different body shapes the norm. Not to mention that we have to contend with childbirth, changing our bodies also. Yeah, what, what's to the man, make us what's feel the bad? Excuse? Exactly. We we have to gain weight for a reason to be to reproduce. And, and get stretched out of shape and all of those things. And what's what's men's excuse, just out of curiosity? Let's take this back to another topical moment. You know, I myself was watching the Super Bowl and I had a really weird moment when Rihanna popped up. And by the way, I thought she was amazing. And she I thought didn't she was need great. special guests because she can carry a show. She has so Her many Her voice hits. alone could carry a show. I don't give yeah. two shits. You don't have to jump all over the stage. Why do we need to be so entertained? But when she touched a belly, I was like, okay, I feel guilty because my first thought is, oh, she must be pregnant because her kid is over a year old and she's a celebrity. So clearly she would have bounced back from a baby by now, you know, if she's doing the Super Bowl. And then you're like, oh, my God, now I am feeding in to the stereotype that I'm fed as a society that a successful woman in the spotlight should snap back from a baby. So if she wanted to touch her belly because maybe she was just feeling a little bloated, which I usually do on a daily basis. I shouldn't be judging that. But even I fell into that. It's amazing how brainwashed we all are, women included. No, it's true. Listen, women came out against her. This was a horrible halftime show. She's pregnant. She shouldn't have done it. Ugh. I was like, shut up, people. She was amazing. Her voice alone. I don't she could have just stood there. And saying she doesn't I don't need a whole spectacle. Oh, it's the halftime show. It's this. She should have had a guest. Guess what? What about when Adele comes out? Yeah. Adele. Beautiful. Sings. She people don't need to. When where did it come that everyone has to be so entertaining? You know, when it's women, we have to, you know, jump through fucking hoops. 
Well, that leads me to another thing about Adele. Okay, so this is something else I've been thinking about. I love Adele. Of. I live for Adele. I live for Adele. My aunt went to the concert last night in Vegas, sent me a video. Un-fucking-believable. Adele, the best. But Adele canceled her Vegas shows. Yes, I remember. She didn't feel that the shows are ready. Quite a few of her dancers have been struck by COVID, and she made a very heartfelt, honest, open announcement to her fans on Instagram. Okay? The initial reaction was, she must be going through a rough time with her boyfriend. She must be having a breakup with Rich Paul. Ooh, she's going through some emotional problems. Ooh, she's not doing great. Ridiculous. I'm sorry. If she was a man, and let's say Goth Brooks or Kenny Chesney or someone came out and said, hey, you know, my show's not where it's meant to be. We had some issues, you know, COVID had struck. Harry Styles. Harry Styles. Everyone would say, oh, thank God they didn't put on a shitty show for us. Thank God they're going to postpone. They're they're perfectionists. They want a perfect show. But no, not Adele. She had to have a breakup. I mean, nonsense. It comes from the fact that she's vulnerable and women are not allowed to be vulnerable. Every one of her albums has been vulnerable. It's taking you into a very personal moment in time. Taylor Swift and John Mayer. Yes. He's a serial dater. He's amazing. Taylor Swift, you know. She's a hysterical woman, can't get over a breakup. Yes. Writes songs, dishing the dirt on her old boyfriends. I I think Taylor Swift's unbelievable. She's a real singer-songwriter. Yeah, which there are not enough of anymore. That's a whole other. That's a whole other episode. That's another episode. Okay, back to the strong women. But anyway, women. so back to strong women. So here we go again. Talking of strong women, globally, women only make up twenty five percent of parliamentary and congressional representatives. Only twenty five percent. Yep, only twenty five. That's why this country's fuck people. If you want to know what's going on, we don't have enough women in Congress and politics. Precisely. Exactly. There's one woman we could do without Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, that's a whole other story. See, See, that's also what upsets me when there well, are we do have somebody heinous it, women yes. take How'd a they stand and they get so noisy that it takes away from the good women. It's true. OK, that's a side side note. There are only a few countries that have at least 50 percent female representation in their legislative branches. Oh, and what you, countries are those? Well, you're going to make me all, guess. I'm good. Yeah. Give me a guess. Just give me three. 50 percent or more. only four countries have only 50 percent or more. Sweden. Is it Sweden? No, not Sweden. 50 percent. What countries am you're I going to be shocked? You'll be so shocked. Okay. United Arab Emirates. I was going to say something. Saudi Arabia. Yeah. 50%. I was going to say Saudi Arabia. 50%. I, I believe it. Bolivia. Bo- wow, Bolivia. 53%. And Cuba, 53%. Really? Isn't that crazy? That's unbelievable. I would never think those countries because you would think those are the countries, you know, because they're always saying the United Arab Emirates is anti-women. Yeah. Isn't but it 50%. Bizarre? Yeah, but 50%. Good. I know. Very crazy. But again, those 50% are not able to make a difference that women can't drive. And- Where can't they drive? United Arab Emirates. I think it was only passed in the last two years, right? The women could oh, drive. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think it wow, was only Wow, I'm passed. out of the loop. Okay, we're going to have a well, fact I do, check I, on I love that. to drive, but I love to get driven as well. We'll have a fact check on that because I do think it was only passed about two years ago. Okay. But I hope I'm not making that up. It's your favorite Jersey housewife, Melissa Gorga, and I'm so excited to announce the start of season two of my podcast, Melissa Gorga on display. We're taking it to the next level this season with more juicy conversations with my celebrity friends, including my funny hubby, Joe Gorga, plus all things entrepreneurship, family and parenthood, pop culture. And of course, I'll always spill the tea on what's going on in my world. It's my life unfiltered. Make sure 
sure to check out season two of Melissa Gorga on display available on podcast one, Spotify, Apple podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. Women own less than 20% of the world's land. That's horrible. Women have to be more landowners. Women, let's start buying more land. I mean, I want to be a land baroness. I like, I I like the idea of that. We have to be land baronesses. We're going to take it over. Now, this also comes to a really important point to me. And we've had a financial expert on the podcast before, Farnoosh Tarabi. She's amazing. Yes, everyone follow Farnoosh Tarabi. And also, we both love Mrs. Dow Jones. Yes, and I we want to have her on the podcast we as do. well, Mrs. Dow Jones. And she we gets do. right to the nitty gritty. She's really... In a fun and digestible way. Yes, it's very easy to understand what she's saying about finances. And I think that's the thing that has stopped women from becoming investors because there's a huge disparity, again, in the percentage of men investing companies based upon how many women invest in companies. And it comes down to many things like risk aversion, how fearful women are, not being educated correctly. So I have a few stats around the business school impact. Okay. So, you know, based on enrollments, people studying finance and business tends to skew towards men. But in 2021, there was a full-time high of 41% of MBA students were women. Good. So it is getting I know, it's growing. It's growing. 41% is good. 46% of students in Harvard's business school class of 2023 were women, while at Wharton, 52% accounted for the MBA students graduating in 2023. Okay, that's great. Now, the issue is that the faculty does not represent that either. So there's a lack of mentors. There's only 16% of the faculty are women at Yale. Oh, that's very Mm -hmm. low. 16% very. Yale, step it up, Yale. Women professors publish about 17% fewer papers than men. Now that I feel even that statement itself is misleading because who's publishing the papers? Are men publishing the papers because the faculty publishes them? That doesn't say women write 17% of the papers. It means 17% of those papers are published. So that's also, are they picking men's papers over women's papers? Hmm. So there you go. We're lacking women mentoring and in leading academic roles. So that also trickles down and doesn't give women the confidence when they're going for boardroom positions. This is mind boggling. It's interesting, right? I have a funny story also as I wear my Harvard sweatshirt today. I love your Harvard sweatshirt. You know, because I was the first woman from my town to go to Harvard. Yes. Not at all. That's an outright lie. You were the first woman in your town from to go to Harvard to buy the sweatshirt. To buy the sweatshirt. But what happened when I was in the supermarket the other day was a lovely lady said to me, Oh, wow. She mouthed to me. Oh, wow. Great. Great. And I thought she meant my cardigan. Yes. And I said, oh, thank you. It's from Zara. Isn't it a great cardigan? And she went, no, I mean, great that you went to Harvard. I was so embarrassed. I didn't know what to say. And I was like, oh, I actually bought this sweatshirt from Primark. No, that's so funny. And I didn't know what to say. I think you should have just went with it. They went to Harvard. You're probably not I seeing should. her again. But yeah, again, it's like, I could have just said thank you and acted like I went to Harvard. But women, again, feel the need to be honest. Yes, women are honest. Unlike we've had some people recently. What's his name? George Santos. George Santos. Who created a whole life of a lie. A whole life of a lie where he went to school, what he did in his past and many more. But so, again, we've spoken about amazing Eleanor Roosevelt. We've spoken about some of the disparities between women and men. We've covered, you know, some pop culture. But I just want to talk about historical misogyny. Yes, exactly. Women who were not recognized for their great achievements, 
that were ripped out from under them. So we're going to let you know what these great women did because no one really knows about it. So let's go. It's crazy. Rosalind Franklin, the double helix, one of the most important scientific revelations of the 20th century. She basically uncovered a double helix formulation that would catapult our understanding of human DNA. She was British. She was a chemist and x-ray crystallographer, and she engaged in the study of DNA at King's College in 1951. She produced a groundbreaking image and shattering findings, but it gave a passing reference only to her findings when it came to win a Nobel Peace Prize in 1958, and the men credited with it were... James D. Watson and Francis H.C. Crick. Wait, did they take the Nobel Peace Prize? They took the Nobel Peace Prize. I mean, how embarrassing. Two men swiped the Nobel Peace Prize from a woman when they had nothing to do with getting, finding the DNA. Yep, we're going to rename them James D. What the fuck and Francis H.C. Dick. Yep, Francis H.C. Dick. What a dick. Broad. Yep. So while we talk again about scientific genius, Lise Meitner, she was slighted by a greedy man. She was a student under a legendary physicist, Max Planck, and she was the first German woman to hold a professorship at a German university. As the Nazis rose to power, the young Jewish scientist was forced to flee her home country. And basically, he stole all of her work. A Nazi. Yep. Not shocking. Not shocking. Nothing's beneath them. He omitted his partner's name, and he was the sole recipient of the 1944 Prize in Chemistry from the Royal Swedish Academy of Sciences. First of all, that should be ripped out from under him. Not only did he steal all of that, he was a Nazi. Yeah, he was gross. Gross. At Monopoly. Monopoly. This one's very upsetting. What Parker Brothers did. Listen to this one. In the 1930s, the Parker Brothers introduced the game Monopoly to American families. The game that we all know. And love. Monopoly. Great game. Made a millionaire out of an unemployed heater salesman named Charles Darrow. He became the first board game millionaire and the symbol of this American dream. The only problem was he didn't invent the game. 30 years prior, a woman named Elizabeth invented the game and they stole her patent. Okay. And she only made $500. I read from this. From her stroke of genius. $500. They paid this. What was her last name? Do we have it in there? Elizabeth. Elizabeth Maggie. Elizabeth Maggie. $500. Created Monopoly. They knew it was a good thing. They gave her $500. Swindled her. Yeah. Horrible, right? Is it shocking? No. And this one really bothers me, too, because this annoys me the most. So woman created Monopoly, the most beloved game. And just shows a game about finance, investing, buying properties, all the things that we seem to steal. Do not pass go without $200. A woman created that. And here we are 93 years later. Still playing it. And still having issues doing it in real life. I know. Because. hmm. We won't mention who swiped it. This one pisses me off. This is the one of the most earliest victims of historical misogyny. Okay, so it's the Trotula of Salerno in the 11th century. She was a doctor who wrote specifically about women's health. She has been recognized since as the world's first gynecologist. And her writings have remained instrumental building blocks in our knowledge about human health and women's health specifically. Yet her authorship has been cast into doubt because basically historians and professionals were like, well, she's a woman. So she she kind of really produced these works. It probably wasn't her. Mm. So 
many people doubt that she even existed. I mean, how insane is that? She's a woman. She doesn't have a vagina, knows nothing about no, women's health. Have, so how would she, how would she how know would anything she know? about women's health? She's only an educated doctor. Is that not Sh- the funniest thing you have disgrace. ever heard in your life? All these women were never recognized. So that's why we're recognizing them today at the beginning yes. of Women's History Month. There's another one that there's a famous movie about that yes. I love. Margaret Keene, Big Eyes. Margaret Keene, my namesake, yep. Margaret. MK, because that's my maiden name initials, Margaret Katona. And those paintings were the big eye paintings that were very popular in the 60s. Was Johnny Depp in the movie? It was a great movie. I don't. Was who it, was who played? I remember that. No, no, no. It was. Oh my god! Was and it I love him. Cooper or Julianne Moore? No, who? No, who remember. was the one? He was all. He he's so great. I can't think of his name. It was such a good movie. Big Eyes. Everybody should watch it because I ha- we had those paintings in my home as a little girl. Yeah, they're, they're those children with the very big eyes. Yeah, and basically her fans were confident that her husband, Walter, did the paintings. Yes, and and he took the credit for it. He sold them as his own without her permission. When she confronted him, he used threat, intimidation, and emotional abuse to force her silence. She was absolutely miserable. And when she got divorced in 1970, she exposed him. And she was like, fuck this, I'm done. I'm going to let the truth. And there was a surreal 1986 courtroom scene in which they were forced in a head-to-head paint-off. And oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So Did there they have that go. in the movie, the head-to-head paint-off? They had to have had that in the movie, for sure. I don't remember that. But anyway, that's true. She would paint, and then he would put his name on the paintings. Yeah. But I, I had one of those paintings. I wish I had one today. I wish you had it now. Wow. That would have been amazing if you still had that today. Yes. They were they were very famous. To kind of like sum it all up and put a bow on it, it is very important that as women, we support each other, we stick up for each other, we amplify each other's voices, and also we promote healthy female relationships. We were saying earlier, you know, like TV can often promote unhealthy I mean, female relationships. Does it? Because why? I mean, am I on a show <laughs> that promotes unhealthy relationships? I don't listen, I don't uh, think there's anything wrong with being opinionated and having no, opposing views with women. Not at all. Somehow it goes down the wrong pike on a regular basis. But historically, even scripted shows have promoted women in opposing views that aren't the most attractive. Exactly. And I think there's a big misconception. Let's talk about those a little bit. Women can also be misogynists. Oh, not for sure. Know it. There's a few on your show. Yes, I agree. I don't there... know if we'll edit that out, but I'm just putting it right out that there's No, we're not than... editing that out. There are. There are women who are misogynists. And for that's sure. very dangerous. Very dangerous. Who promote men more than women. And I feel like we have to celebrate female relationships. I'm very proud and not of even our relationship. Men who always think that that's the way men are or just feel that they can't be independent and knock down women who are strong. It's very, it's very, very interesting. It's very interesting. Yes. But like how we said years ago, there was Dynasty. Yeah. Dallas. Dallas. Knott's Landing. Yes. These are all shows, scripted shows from years ago. A lot of you are young who probably didn't watch them, but go back and watch them. And there was, it's funny, Melissa Gorga always calls me, Margaret, you're so dynasty. The way you talk, (laughs) (laughs) insert evil laugh. Alexis Carrington Colby and Crystal would always fight the ex-wife and the new wife. And they were always fighting. And it's just, it's true. 
women were always set up never to be bonded. I mean, you know, the Golden Girls were bonded. Uh, <laughs> but then again, oh, my God, I think we spoke about this on the podcast before. I'm going to hit it home again. The Golden Girls ages. Yes. Were the same ages as Sex in the as City. Sex in the City in the movie. Are you kidding me? That That's in, in our lifetime. Like, I loved the Golden Girls. Those are one of my favorite shows as a little kid. But that was like basically setting me up to be a nana. Like, what was the pivotal point in this aging thing also? Because I think that's been something really big, hasn't it? Like, when you think that's in my lifetime from the Golden Girls to Sex in the City. Who kicked that off? I have no idea. I don't know. Well, I do remember, though, I think women, that's one good thing. Women have changed the way we age, you know, we're not dead. You know, people still have sex well into their 70s, 80s. Good for them. Which is good news. But I think also when I was a little girl, women in their 50s looked so old. Well, my Nana was a real Nana and she died in the 60s. And I'm like, God bless my Nana. She was the best woman. But she had like a Nana bosom and a Nana short curly hair, and she wore Nana beads, and she made Nana food. You know, she was just a fucking Nana. She was the best Nana in the world. Wouldn't change it for a second, but she just had an older appearance. Yes, I, I don't I don't know where that really stemmed from. Nanny Beryl, 90 years old this year. She's going to be in September, still dancing until one in the morning, holding a glass of champagne. So obviously, Nanny Beryl has got with the new way and is all about the party and way into the 90s. Yes. So I think things have changed over the years, but we still have so far to go. So I think we should stick with the Eleanor Roosevelt quote too. Yes. Well-behaved women seldom make history. That doesn't mean like, you know, go smoke crack in the alley. That means (laughs) (laughs) it means speak out. Yeah. Be your authentic self. Do what's right in the world. Don't be afraid what everyone else is thinking. Yeah, don't conform to society. You just know, because society you feel like rules, you should. Because you, you feel bad about it. Exactly. Because the truth is, you know, don't be a sheep. That's really what we're saying. Yes. Don't be a sheep. Yep, it's so true. And celebrate female friendship. Yes, exactly. Because that's what we do. Look at us. Exactly. And my other female f- friendship, my favorite one, Lizzo and Adele, I read how Adorable. cute this was. They smuggled flasks into the Grammys and they were getting tipsy with each other and they were hugging and kissing and they were nominated against each other. Well, you know what? Those are two powerful, amazing women yeah. who, who celebrate friendships. But I just want to say the other thing is I wasn't upset that Harry Styles won. Oh, not at, at the all. Grammys. Not that at was, all. That was OK. And everybody was like, Beyonce was... I no, I'm sorry. No, Harry Styles did an amazing tour this year, an amazing album. And it was an amazing album. So women, that doesn't mean you can't celebrate men. Yeah, I agree. And I think that you also there was so much, and I could speak to this because Harry Styles is from a town very close to where I grew up, a mere mm-hmm. 30 minutes away. When Harry Styles said people like me don't win awards like this, he meant like kids from small towns in Manchester. Just like Me, I say all the time, girls like me don't get to do things like this, like have podcasts and studios in downtown New York City and, you know, hang around with housewives. Oh, please. You know what I mean? Like go to like great premieres and be in 30 Rock doing like, you know, work at NBC and doing articles and co-founding new beverage companies. Like women, girls like me don't get those opportunities because I'm from a small town in England. So that was taken out of context and that pissed me off because again, the media tries to weaponize 
people's words against them. Yes. It happens so we more can't, than we ever. we can't fall into that. We can't hyperanalyze every single thing. No. So we just got to be kind, be smart, be honest, because obviously that's been the downfall of many of these women getting their true credit in history has been dishonesty. Yes. So we got to so be So let's kind. not be like them. So as let's we, not be like the people we can't stomach. Exactly. So as we kick off Women's History Month with a strong episode, very happy. Me too. This feels great. Well, happy Women's History Month, everyone. And anybody, please write in and just think of some new ideas to call the plus size department. Exactly. Even though we have so many innovators and people doing body positivity things. But, you know, if men get to be big and tall, let's think of some new ideas for plus size. I think so. We should call it extra. And and we just want to call out some of our amazing people who write our reviews and who are weekly listeners. Before we end, we have amazing Jocelyn Guy. I want to thank you. Tina Kravitz. Tina Kravitz. Diamond Flow, better known as Deb. Kimmy Fine. Yes. And Carolyn. We're so grateful to you. Maria Jordan. Yes. We have so many. Rory Meller. We have so many great people. So I just want to thank you all. So please keep writing reviews. Tune in every week on Wednesdays. And we're just so grateful for you all. Yeah. The best way to keep us coming to you every week is to rate us, download the episodes, subscribe, leave reviews. Just, yeah, just please do because we love doing this. We're really grateful that we have this platform and that we're able to do this. So we want to just keep it coming. Yeah. Keep it coming to you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Caviar Dreams. Thanks for listening. And if you love the podcast, don't forget to leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts. Follow me at The Real Margaret Josephs. And me at The Life of Mrs. B. And the podcast at Caviar Dreams Tuna Fish Budget. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes. Keep Keep dreaming, dreaming, Caviar Dreamers. Dreamers.